0: You betcha. And good morning. We're back at it. John
1: Scholes hosting as always and joining me now from Sanfiru to Mark and Lawyer.ca would be our good pal Mackenzie Irwin. Mackenzie's got all the knowledge and questions and, well, you got the questions, she's got the answers. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can also use the, uh, the website anytime. It's free, it's anonymous, and it basically structures everything we talk about on this show every week and have been for years and you'll also have access to that severance calculator all can be found at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca but as i mentioned we're uh, we're live and ready for your phone calls now so take some time get some answers don't be bashful, there are no dumb questions for sure, only questions that everybody else is wondering generally when it comes to uh, your workplace rights, so bring it on. We'll also get into the top mistakes employers make because, well, they just don't know any better, so we're going to inform employers over the next hour as well, so it's a, it's a big 60-minute ball of education. So there you go, Mackenzie, week that was, kick off the show, pal, what do you got?
2: Yeah, we've, we've had a really busy week this week. Uh, lots of people calling in with uh, lots of interesting questions, interesting scenarios, Um, But but I certainly I really one really popped out. I spoke with uh, this woman on on Wednesday and she she had a very interesting uh, case, but um, her situation had two really, really big warnings that I wanted to kind of highlight for everyone uh, this week in in the show. So uh, she called me. She'd been experiencing bullying and harassment um, in the workplace from from her boss. Um, and it had been going on for some time, months, and she'd, she'd, uh, she'd complained, she'd, uh, and, and they just, they really weren't, her employer was really just not doing anything about it. Right. And so it got too much and she got fed up and she quit. And when she quit, she went straight to the Ministry of Labour, uh, and filed a claim for, uh, constructive dismissal to get her severance on her own um, through the Ministry of Labor. And so I really wanted, I mean, I, I really wanted to stress this case because um, there's two lessons that that need to be learned and that, that I want to make sure that everyone understands. And, and the two lessons that you can learn from this is, um, number one, is that... Um, if you're experiencing harassment in the workplace and you've you've made a complaint and your employer is uh, refusing to do anything about it or properly address it, um, you need to speak to a employment lawyer right away. Um, you you've and and before you quit, it was really important that you you speak with with, with you connect with us before you you quit because. Um, we want to make sure an employment lawyer can help you make sure that you're really crossing your T's and dotting your I's and making sure that you have every, all your ducks in a row before you leave to ensure that you have your, your constructive dismissal case. Uh, well, number one, to ensure that it is truly a constructive dismissal. Um, and then number two, to make sure that you've, you've done everything you can to set yourself up um, for a successful constructive dismissal claim. Um, Number two is that um, she went to the Ministry of Labor first. Yeah. Yeah. That is a huge, uh, and um, it's it, it's very, um, it seems like uh, the right thing to do. There is common knowledge that you should, obviously the Ministry of Labor should be there to help you, but unfortunately the, the Ministry of Labor is only there to, uh, can, they are only there and they can only get you your statutory minimums, your Employment Standards Act minimums. And so, um, that could be the difference between, um, getting eight weeks of severance and getting up, uh, up to 24 months of severance. And so the second that you file that ministry of, of labor complaint, um, you are really giving up your rights to pers- pursue your full severance, um, in exchange for just pursuing your statutory minimums. So, it's a little bit counterintuitive. It's something that I always um, need to stress because um, it is so important. It's one of those scenarios where it's really difficult, um, uh, almost impossible, for an employment lawyer to help you once you've filed that Ministry of Labour complaint. So, always, um, always, you, know, you, you always need to speak with an employment lawyer before you go to the Ministry of Labour because you could be giving up pretty significant rights there. So. Um, Unfortunately, this woman had uh, filed that Ministry of Labour complaint and they've already got the ball rolling there, so there was really nothing that I could do to help her.
1: And just a fraction of what she would have been entitled to, right, is the is the shame. I mean, she might have taken, you know, the, the automatic, you know, early. You know, the the thing that most people think of if they'd never tuned into the show is like, well, Ministry of Labor, it's a job. That's where I have to go. So they make a beeline there, not knowing that they could literally, in this case, thousands of dollars of, of compensation could be out the window because they did that. And like you said, if it goes too far in, it's not reversible.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I, it's really, really unfortunate in this situation because, um, she is, she, you know, she was, uh, she was there. She worked there for 12 years. She's in her, um, early sixties and she, she was really leaving behind a substantial amount of severance on the table. So, um, she heard, uh, she heard us on the radio and so she thought, Oh, I, oh, I better call in. And unfortunately, she called in, um, it was, it's too late,
0: yep. but,
2: uh, this is just a fair warning to everyone out there that, that if you think you've, you've um, been constructively dismissed at work, if it's whether it's harassment or substantial change to, to any of the terms of your employment, your pay, your hours, uh, your work location, things like that, um, you really do it's so important to check in with, with to give us a call and, and check in with an employment lawyer because we can really help you set, up, set it up um, before you quit. Because sometimes, you know, if, if you if you quit and and your constructive dis- dismissal claim wasn't quite there yet, you, um, you uh, if if it's truly a voluntary quitting. Then um, again, you're you're walking away from from potential severance.
1: Yeah, there's actually no rush any time to uh, to get these matters resolved unless you've been sitting around for almost two years. Most people don't, so you should be reaching out to Mackenzie and at least have a chat uh, before you make any other move. Uh, every time, right? One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employment lawyer dot ca is how you do that. But uh, you know, it's a good morning. We've got a whole hour to uh, to to educate you on various topics. Maybe get to some emails later on. Okay, top mistakes employers make because, well, they just don't know any better. And this isn't bashing employers. This is to educate employers as well, and employees if you're listening to the show. So number one, uh, McKenzie, when terminating employees, employers often provide severance under the Employment Standards Act, uh, but not the common law. Again, we're talking there's that there's that big delta of the money you're owed, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. So a lot of these employers, and and it, it, it seems like it would be common sense that uh, you're looking to terminate your employee, you're going to maybe hop on the internet and look it up on um, on the Ministry of Labor's website what am I, what is my employee owed and the Ministry of Labor will again will only provide you with what your 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 employee's minimum entitlements are and so in the vast majority of cases um, your your employee is not lim- their their termination entitlements are not limited to their statutory minimums In order to limit your employees uh, termination entitlements to those stat minimums, you need to have a very ironclad employment contract in place. Um, We can help you draft those employment contracts, but if you don't have that ironclad employment contract in place, which is in the vast majority of cases, um, your your employee is entitled to what we call your full severance. And so again, that's something that's that could be the difference between um, only having to provide your employee with eight weeks, which which is is um, even if your employee has has worked there for up to forty years. Let's say if you're a small employer in Ontario, you could be limiting your your employee's termination entitlements to eight weeks versus upwards of of twenty four months. So it goes both ways. So it really you know it, it is really important for employers to make sure that they've got those proper employment contracts in place and that they're updating their employment contracts to make sure that they're compliant with uh, the changes in the law, which um, in employment law, it's happened, it, it, it does change quite frequently. And so you want to make sure that you've got those proper contracts in place to limit, properly limit your, your um, employees' termination entitlements upon termination.
1: Yeah, and don't simply just, you know, download some sort of employment law agreement or, uh, you know document off of google because that's not going to help you that's not going to be legally binding in fact those are kind of those are kind of general and kind of a joke right
2: yeah exactly i, I think uh it, this is one of those classic scenarios where you, you get what you pay for <laughs> um and certainly if if you're going to download a free uh template off the, off the internet you um, you're very unlikely going to be able to hold the, your employee to those statutory minimums. It's not going the term any termination clause won't be worth the paper that it's written on, and you're still going to be o- uh, owing your your employee their full severance.
1: Let's uh, get into more of these, but I want to get into a quick break, Mackenzie, because the next couple are going to take some time to discuss, so we'll do that, and we'll give you some time to uh, to grab a phone as well. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll try to get to those a little later on in the hour, but we will continue with the Employment Law Show. Lots more of it coming up. Hang in there.
0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. All right, back at it. Employment Law Show. Mackenzie Irwin is here. Sam Firu Tamarkin,
1: LLP. i always reach out to Mackenzie when we're not doing the show. She's uh, got a great team with her. You can talk about Whatever problems you have in the workplace, that would be anytime, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But I told you, the top priority is always our phone calls here in the morning. Mark, thanks for uh, standing by, brother. How are you today? Not too bad. Yourself? Good, man. What's on your mind?
3: Uh, well, thank you for uh, for doing the show to begin with because uh, it really, it's helped uh, a few friends of mine. Excellent. um a lot of the advice. Um, what I'd like to touch on is my my mom is uh, she's been working for over thirty years in a factory, and it's it's a it's a rough factory. It's uh, it's heavy labor, and now she's approaching seventy years old. Um, I don't want to go into too much of the details, but she has a supervisor. She's issued complaints because the supervisor plays favorites, and when it comes to the work duties, and has her at 70 years old doing heavy lifting and all these, but she doesn't really, I mean, she's trying, she showed up with the doctor's uh, notes showing that she can't do it, but she's got this old school work mentality of she just sucking up. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and she's come home crying and uh, she doesn't know what to do. And I, I was just wondering, what do you do when the requirements of the job is, was, I mean, she's trying to abide by the requirements of the job from 30 years ago and right. that she just can't do anymore. Does, and, and she's, she's uh, mentioning that she's going to quit. And I'm telling her, well, wait, before you quit, just because of everything exactly. I hear you guys say on this show, um, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are on what her options are.
2: Yeah. So um, certainly, you're you're on the right track. I mean, she should she should absolutely call in and have a more detailed conversation. Um, and, and I'm more than happy to have that conversation with her offline. But just on a high level, answer right now. Um, your mom is doing exactly what she's supposed to do. I was going to say before you said um, that she's already provided a doctor's note. So if you have any limitations in your job and um, you need to show up and give your employer that doctor's note, and your your employer must accommodate um, your medical needs um, in that doctor's note.
3: Um, and and in, in the event that sh- they they still ask her to do things, and, like, what should... Like, does she just leave? Does she say no? Does she say here's the work? Here's the doctor saying I can't. And if they still say, well, too bad, so sad. What like does she? What does she do exactly? Does she call a workplace lawyer right there at the job site? You know what I mean.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, so what she should do is she should she should schedule an appointment um, and, and and speak with me offline. We can go through more of her um, uh, her options in more detail. But. Um, it sounds like she's already at the point where she's done everything that I that that she should be doing. Mm-hmm. I just what I would want to do is I would want to want to have a conversation with her, make sure that she's got all her ducks in a row before we take action. But if if she's coming home crying and and um, this is causing obviously causing her a lot of grief. Um, oh, and
3: physical pain like she's for doing sure. so much yeah
2: yeah absolutely she should not be um they, her employer should be accommodating her her um, restrictions and if they're refusing to do that or if they're inconsistently doing that perhaps all they need is is a letter from me um uh it, explaining to them what their legal obligations are to her and then uh that might be the the kick in the pants that her her employer needs to to do the right thing and if yep. they don't then then absolutely we're we're looking at a constructive dismissal here
3: Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll be sure to tell her.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate you taking the time this morning. And again, just in case, I'm sure you got it because you're obviously a, a listener and know what you're doing. 1 85 5 821 5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. There's a, a classic case where the, the employer, especially a 30 year employee at 70 years old, automatic 24 month severance if they just, you know, all they have to do is accommodate. It makes some accommodation for her. She sounds, Mackenzie, like she's a workhorse and has proven that for three darn decades. so it's like right. you want to accommodate somebody like that employees like that are, are hard to find regardless of their age okay so she's her capabilities aren't quite what they used to be but come on a little respect for the woman you know
2: absolutely yeah no it's 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 honestly shocking sometimes uh some of the the, the things that employers are doing to these long service employees like uh it's it's very difficult in this day and age to find uh employees that are that are as lawyer, loyal and, and having, you know, 30 years of service. That's, that's very impressive. It's, it's, it's unheard of in the, in this day and age. So yeah, absolutely. She should be reaching out and, um, she's, she has some pretty significant entitlements if she does, um, if she pursues a constructive dismissal and, and her, her employer should, should really be doing the right thing here and, and bending over backwards to make sure that an employee like that is accommodated in the workplace.
1: And you heard that answer quick. Got it. Uh, got it fairly quickly and concisely. You can do the same. Just give us a call. But we were in between that talking about the top mistakes employers make, because uh, you know sometimes they just don't know any better. This one, as we've we've talked about previously, McKenzie is massive, especially uh, yeah, over the last two or three years. And that is putting an employee on a temporary layoff, thinking that yeah it's fine. I can do that when I want, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. The this is I mean this is one that that obviously came to the forefront and was one of the main issues that. Uh, myself and my colleagues were dealing with throughout the pandemic, with all of these COVID layoffs. But um, even post COVID, there's you know there's still the odd. Um, it's still quite prevalent where people are calling in, uh, with their employers placing them on temporary layoff, particularly in this um, economy. But um, again, one of the main um, it's a major mistake that employers are making is that they think they have an automatic right. To place their employees on a temporary layoff, and that's just not the case. Um, it's not an out, employers don't have that right automatically. You must have either um, a term in your employment contracts with your employees that specifically states that uh, the employee has agreed uh, to being placed on a temporary layoff as, as a term of their employment. So they've made that agreement that. Um, it's a term of their employment that they, um, could be placed on a temporary layoff. Um, or, uh, your empo- you have your employees consent before you place them on a temporary layoff. And right. so what, what I mean by that is, and what, what we recommend is that you get, um, from your employee, you get that consent by having them sign, uh, an additional agreement or a letter Um, saying, yes, I agree to being placed on this temporary layoff. You have to have that before you place them on that temporary layoff. It's not enough to go back in time and obtain that uh, that consent retroactively. You really need to have that before you place them on, on a temporary layoff. And the reason for that is, again, this is a constructive dismissal. If you place your employees on a temporary layoff without that contractual right or your employees' consent, then uh it's a massive change to the terms of your it's it's arguably the biggest change to the terms of your employment Um, you're taking away their pay you're reducing their hours to zero Um, that is probably one of the biggest changes that an employer can make um, and it's a very clear constructive dismissal and so um, once you've once you either have that term in your contract or you um, you get their consent before you place them on a temporary layoff then once you've had them on a layoff, uh, once you've placed them on that legal layoff, uh, there are limits on how long you can keep that employee on a temporary layoff. Um, And so if you exceed those limits, um, then their layoff will automatically become a termination. Mm. And again, you're looking at paying them severance, um, uh, and and it could be up to 24 months of, of severance. So that could be a very especially with uh, a lot of these employers placing um, multiple employees on layoff. That could be a very mis- expensive mistake.
1: Yeah, so basically, nip in the bud when it first happens. Otherwise, you know, you, you do this and let it go for a while, and you'll have been uh, been deemed to accept it. And then they can keep doing it again and again. So you want to plug that hole when it first happens. If if you're not okay with the temporary layoff, you know what I mean?
2: exactly. Yeah, and so on the employee side, if your employer has placed you on a layoff and you don't have that uh, term in your contract, or you don't, or you didn't uh, sign anything agreeing to it, then yes, if if you just. accept um, Accept it, don't say anything about it, um, get recalled back, get placed on a temporary layoff again, then you're ex- establishing that pattern where you have had, um, where you've, you've essentially consented to that layoff. So it's important to take action and, and express your disagreement right away. Um, otherwise, you're going to be, um, the longer that you do it, the longer that you wait. Or the, more, or the more times that you uh, that you agree or are placed on that layoff, um, then you're going to have deemed to have accepted that as a term of your employment.
1: We'll get to uh, some more phone calls here in a moment. Again, 416-870-6400. But Jody, our uh, awesome producer, you heard Jody last hour on air, sent us a text uh, from Elizabeth. Says, guys, I was re ended while driving the company vehicle in October on the weekend. As a result, I was injured. The company provides the employees with a vehicle for personal and work use. My doctor has provided me with a uh, doctor note for two weeks and possibly longer while I recover. Started seeing physio for injuries as well. Employer is now attempting to terminate my employment. Been with the company since March of this year. What do you think?
2: Wow. Again, (laughs) um, it it never ceases to shock me, but it does shock me every time when these employers are, are... Um, making these kinds of decisions Um, that doctor's note is it's the most important thing Um, if you've been injured or if you need to be off work for some sort of medical reason um, you need to have that doctor's note once your employer receives that doctor's note they can't they can't they shouldn't touch you while you're on your medical leave they need to accommodate your medical leave give you that time to recover and they absolutely, it's like one of the major no-no's. Do not terminate your employees while they're on um, a medical leave. Um, it's just, it, it, it's, it blows my mind how, how often it ha- happens, but it, it's, it's a major no-no. So um, not only is this likely a, um, a human rights violation, but um, uh, this individual should, should certainly reach out, um, make sure that they're uh, receiving their full severance, uh, and then there's there's a very clear human rights violation here as well.
1: Yeah, that uh, that doctor's note is like the Wonka gold ticket, man. You got to have one of those, and then you're pretty much protected for sure. Want to get a uh, get a phone call in here first before we go to break, Jeff? Thanks for uh, thanks for chiming in, pal. You've got an interesting question. What's going on with you?
4: Hi there. I'm a small business owner, about a nope. year in, and um, looking at hiring my first employee. Good. But if I do so, that would entail me spending thousands of dollars to send that new employee to my franchisor's training institute down in the states and flight, and all that. So, what obligations can I put into a labor contract that would make the employee, um, I guess, having to compensate me for that money back should he leave after just a few months? Oh, I, don't I spend see. All that money, and that,
1: that yeah, I and then the guy bails. For- yeah, for sure. What do you think, McKenzie? Yeah
2: that's an interesting question so yeah as the employer you do have to pay for any um necessary training that's required in order for for your employee to work for your organization um but in terms of there are there are w- interesting ways that we and in terms that we can put into an employment agreement to encourage the employee to um stay for um a minimum amount of a period of time but certainly um that's something that is uh jeff is certainly something i can help i can work with you on but we'll need to have an off-air conversation to get into more details of the nuances of what should go into that employment contract
4: okay great thank you so much
1: Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate that, pal. And I know you'll be in touch. I'll give you the, uh, the number as we get into a break. Elizabeth, stand by. We're getting to you next, so hang on the line and just, uh, just be patient. It'll be uh, in a couple of moments. We'll do that
0: as we continue the uh, Saturday edition of the Employment Law Show. We're coming right back you're listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of chorus entertainment
1: and welcome back to it elizabeth thank you for standing by as promised we're back how are you hi elizabeth hi hi go ahead what's on your mind
5: Um, I actually sent in a text message, but I think that you had responded, but I was waiting on hold. So... Um,
1: yeah, I did. I Give me some details about it.
5: Okay. So um, I was... The car accident was approximately three weeks ago. I've been working with the company for a year and a half. And um, I was in the co- in the company vehicle, as I had mentioned. Yeah, the, the, I was um, injured in the accident uh, as a result of a rear end. Now... I went to my doctor. Gone to my physio. They're uh, they're approximating my time off to be about twelve weeks, but um, they've given me two weeks to begin with, and then they're going to follow up in two weeks. When my employer found out that my time off work could be past two weeks, he started talking about reducing my pay. Um, you know, possibly placing me on WSIB, um, etc. But I don't want I don't want to go that route. I'm just wondering: is that like, do I have to go that route? Does or and can he let me go?
2: So um, two things that you've brought up there. So number one, that he, I mean, it, it, he cannot let you go. He needs to let he needs to k- allow you to be off for that two weeks. Okay. Um, whatever your initial medical note says, he must respect that doctor's note. Um, you know, at the end of, or nearing the end of that two week period, you, you, you should submit a, an a, a follow up, um, okay. doctor's note that would say, you know, maybe you need to be off for six weeks or what have you, or up to 12 weeks. Okay. And, um, your doctor should, should be, you should be regularly updating your, your employer on, uh, on uh, with those updated medical notes. Once they get the medical note, they must respect that time off that you need. Um, if they cannot ter- or they shouldn't be terminating you in that time period, especially I think it's a, especially egregious that um, he's talking about termination in response to you telling him that you need a, that you need a medical leave. That's yeah. um, that's a very clear human rights violation. Your employer cannot terminate you for needing um, time off because of a medical issue. Um, in terms of the WSIB portion of it, um, you sh- you should be applying for WSIB. Those are um, be- particularly because this was—I'm assuming this car accident happened uh, while you were working.
5: Um, no, I was using the company vehicle, but I wasn't actually working. No. Oh, it was on interesting.
2: A Saturday. Interesting. So it it may not mm. be a workplace injury, but um, ultimately, I mean. It, do you have um, long or short-term disability benefits at your employer?
5: We do not. We have no benefits there.
2: Okay. So um, it, 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 um, you'll, what will happen is your employer is going to put you off on a medical leave um, and issue you a record of employment so that you can access um, uh, employment uh, sickness benefits. Um, and then they have to respect that for however long your, your employer or your doctor says you need to be off work whether it's 12 weeks, um, six months, what have you, they have to respect that um, you're medically unable to work as long as you're providing them with um, updated uh, doctor's notes uh, confirming that. So my Um,
5: concern, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, my concern is, is that if I go on EI, I'm only going to be making a portion, a very small portion of my regular income.
2: I'm sorry, so is, uh, are you able to still do a portion of your uh, work duties while you're... From home.
5: Yes, I can, from home.
2: I see. Okay, so it's not that you're completely unable to work because of your injuries, it's that you're limited in what you can do uh, because of your in- injuries. Okay, so. Yes. Um, so no, your employer cannot reduce your pay during this time. Um, and, and, uh, so instead of placing you on an RO, giving you an ROE and placing you on a medical leave, because that means that you're not able to work, they, Mm -hmm. your employer does have to accommodate whatever restrictions you have and your doctor should be, um, you know, pretty, uh, clear on what those restrictions are that, Oh, um, Elizabeth must work from home. Um, Elizabeth cannot do heavy lifting or what have you okay. for the next two weeks and your employer um, must accommodate those restrictions up to the point of undue hardship. And so that undue hardship is, is we can discuss offline what whether yeah. whether that would be undue hardship for your employer, but um, certainly they should be accommodating any restrictions in that medical note.
5: Perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate um, the information. I I, I am going to get your phone number, correct?
1: Yep, I'm going to give it to you right now, Elizabeth, Thank and I'll repeat so it much. throughout the uh, remainder of the show. That would be 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Feel free to uh, call Mackenzie after the show and going forward and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Is also the phone number. And that is how we roll here on this show. So uh, you still have lots of time to do like Elizabeth did and call and get some answers, get some relief, right, mentally. Anyway, off the top, uh, that's 416 870 6400 to do that. In the meantime, Mackenzie, we're talking about things that employers do, bad mistakes. Sometimes they just don't realize that they're making the mistake. This one's also huge as well. And this one kind of goes both ways. Sometimes the employee, well, we're going to quotation mark employee, uh, agrees to this as well. And that is not properly distinguishing between an independent contractor and an employee, right?
2: Yes. And this one is so common these days with everyone uh, with the gig economy and everyone nice. um, taking on second second jobs, having these side gigs. Lots of employers are hiring workers under these independent contractor agreements. And so it's really important that if, um, if you're, and there's many reasons why um, an employer might want to, or an employee, might want to characterize their relationship as an independent contractor relationship, um, but it's really important that you're uh, you're truly understanding that whether that relationship is truly an independent contractor relationship or that employee that that worker is actually an employee. And so the reason why it's important to distinguish that is that um, you're going to have. Uh, you're, you're, there are consequences uh, when you're terminating someone, whether they're an in, independent contractor or an employee. Um, it depends on how, how, what percentage of work they derive uh, from your from from the employer. So, if you've got someone who you, you have under independent contractor agreement and they're only um, and they only work for you and they work for you 100% of the time you got to be careful when you're ending that relationship because they're, they're actually an employee and they could be entitled to up to 24 months of severance.
1: And sometimes as we discuss the employee and the employer, maybe they're, they're close or they're friends and they both agree, you know what, let, let's just call you an independent contractor. That way you can have the freedom to file your own taxes and do so on and so forth. But that could also lead to some pretty deep water, right?
2: Absolutely, yeah, and so that's something that you are going to want to have to you are going to, want to have reviewed by an employment lawyer to draft either the ind- independent contractor agreement um, carefully or or give you the proper advice whether they're an employee or independent contractor. Because absolutely, there are um, tax consequences and and uh, severance consequences at the end if that if that relationship goes uh, sour. Um, that you're going to want to uh, consider before you're agreeing to let your buddy um, sign an independent contractor agreement.
1: Let's take a short break, pal. We'll get to more of these. Hey, McKenzie live on air. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. This is the Employment Law Show. We're coming back with more.
0: All righty, we're back at it. Thank
1: you so much for joining us this morning. still got some time. You still got some minutes to grab a phone and get on air. Be part of the show. Mackenzie Irwin from San to is here. Uh, you can reach out anytime to Mackenzie to help at employmentlawyer.ca. And by phone, you want to have the conversation on your own time? Possible. 1 855 821. 5900 to do that. We are talking about situations where employers have made mistakes, but they might not know any better they're doing that. And uh, this one's also a big one. They terminate you, an employee, without providing notice in writing. It's good to have writing.
2: Yes, especially for the employer. So if you're an employer and you're looking to terminate your employee, you it's so important that you put that termination notice in writing. It's not, uh, I mean, it works, but it's not... Um, the best way of doing it um, if you just terminate them verbally. why because it's it's so important that you have number one um, the details of what the severance um, you're offering that employee um, you need to have that in writing you need to have it laid out you need to have it um, simplified what their minimum entitlements are what the, what you're providing them above and beyond the minimum entitlements and then you're going to want um, that employee to be signing. Signing off, um, accepting the, that offer, and so you can't do that verbally. It's it's very important that that's done in writing. Another reason why it's important to do the termination in writing is that you um, you have a concrete um, document that shows what the date of termination is, and so. Why that's important is because the clock, the clock starts ticking as soon as you give that employee, uh, the notice that of their termination. And, and, it depends on if you're, you know, some employers want to give their employees, um, what we call working notice where you're telling them, okay, uh, Joe, you're, you're, Employment is going to end in six months on this specific day, six months from now, but we need you to continue working for the next six months. And so in order for that six months of working notice to count uh, towards that employee's severance entitlements, it has to be very clear um, what date you're terminating them on, what date that employee was given that notice, and then what the uh, end date of their employment is. Why is that important? Because that gives the employee clarity on um, when they need to have their next employment their next job lined up for. The whole purpose of providing uh, of employers providing those employees with notice of their termination is so that the employee has um, clarity on uh, how much longer they have at their current job to help them bridge the gap between employment. So if it's unclear or you um, you verbally terminated your employee and you verbally provided them with notice that their employment would end on, su- on a specific date, it's really hard for them to, um, for you to prove that, A, for you to prove that you did that, but also um, there could be some ambiguity in a verbal termination, um, which is why it's just so, so important for you to put that uh, termination notice in writing. Hi, Andy.
4: Hello. How are
2: you? I'm great. What can we do you for?
4: Well, um, my wife is uh, being off uh, off on long-term disability with her uh, employer that she was on with benefits uh, through satellite. She's got uh, stage four cancer. Uh, oh,
2: sorry to hear that.
4: Thank you, sir. Uh, It's a a pretty bad situation. But they have uh, bankrupted the division of the company that she was employed with. And in doing so, they terminated her. Yet the other division of the company is still operating, the digital side. Um, She's already on long-term disability with Sunlight, but they said her benefits Regular benefits would be ending as of uh, December 31st, 2023. Number one, can they do that? Number two, what options do you have?
2: So um, the the good news is, is the long term disability side of it is is separate from the other benefits, but. Um, they, uh, unfortunately, I mean, they can, especially if, if they're um, winding down that division, they can um, uh, give, and it sounds like they've given your wife uh, notice of the, the, of, of the fact that her benefits are ending. Um, what I'd like to, and, and certainly, Andy, I'm, I'm more than happy to have a more detailed conversation with you offline, um, to see what, uh, w- what other options your wife might have. But I'm interested to know whether they're still providing those benefits to the employees who are working in the other divisions, or the other divisions that are still operating. Uh, because if, if they are still providing those kinds of benefits for those employees, perhaps there's, uh, an avenue here where, um, they may be able to continue your wife's benefits under, um, under those other divisions. Um, particularly because, uh, she's not currently working for them. She's on a leave. Um, and perhaps there's some avenue there where you could have, uh, the benefits extended. Um, my concern is that if they've cut off the benefits for for all employees in the company, then um, then unfortunately that might be uh, the end of it. Uh, that your benef- your wife's wife's benefits will have to end December thirty first, twenty twenty three. But um, in any event, um, your there would be an opportunity um, at the w- once the benefits are cut off um, for you to transfer those benefits into uh those group benefits into an individual plan so i um, happy to have a chat uh with your you and your wife um offline to see if there's anything um that that we could do in terms of the other divisions um but unfortunately with these um when the employer is uh, winding down certain companies, it's not um, a matter of, oh, they're terminating your wife because she's on disability leave. Uh, it sounds like they're, they're no one in that department. Um, they've, they've terminated everyone in that department. So yeah. um, uh, that might be one of those situations where uh, there's not much that you can do about that.
1: Okay. Makes sense, Bill? Sorry, man. We're just we're just about out of time. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the phone numbers we uh, as we let you go, brother, and you can follow up with McKenzie because we're just up against the wall. But uh, appreciate the call, and you've sent an email. Thank you for that as well. And uh, we'll take it from here, McKenzie. Nice job, my friend. I had A little bit of a technical blip, but we're back. But we got to go. So there you go. Here's how you reach out to McKenzie. Now that we are uh, we're done. One eight five five eight two one. 5900 again, 1 821 5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and that website anytime you would like. Use it. It's free. It's anonymous. Called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time on the Employment Law Show.